0: The information that we share today is from our own personal experiences and does not constitute medical advice. We do not endorse any products or services. Any said products or services mentioned on this podcast may not be suitable for you or your condition. Please consult with your physician if you have medical questions, as it may pertain to your condition. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode on Take a Paycheck. I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Carrie. Carrie is a huge advocate worth keeping a positive mindset because our mental health is as important as our physical health.
1: I so good to be on this. I'm excited um, to get this, you know, rolling.
0: So can you start off by introducing yourself? I know I gave like a pretty long introduction, but like a brief one and as well as your condition.
1: My name is Carrie Zamudio. I have rheumatoid arthritis. I got rheumatoid arthritis when I was about 24, but I wasn't actually officially um, diagnosed with it till I was 26.
0: What sort of symptoms did you experience um, at that age?
1: My finger would actually, was the one that started um, showing me that, you know, there was something going on with me. So my uh, index finger on my right hand started to swell. Uh, So as you guys can actually see, it's still... um, Pretty much, you know, it's not like your regular finger because I went so long without being treated. um, The uh, erosion kind of just stayed there. So uh, I experienced um, uh, over swelling on my joints, um, on my feet, uh, severe stiffness, uh, nausea. um, And I got to say those are probably the main ones. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's that's a handful and a lot to handle. So you have rheumatoid arthritis. I just want to know, kind of like, what were some of the challenges that you had um, during, I guess, your diagnosis period, but also like during your time now where you live with the disease like what are some challenges that you experience on a day-to-day basis
1: well uh it was mostly challenging when i wasn't being treated And, and i wasn't being treated because uh during that time that's when the whole covid pandemic was actually starting and i was actually in new york so we were in serious lockdown um so i wasn't able to schedule an appointment with a specialist a rheumatologist um, because of just the wait time because of the the pandemic. So um, I kind of had to just sit and wait till I was able to see one uh, or till they were able to see me. Um, but uh, I experienced uh, a lot of pain and uh, especially stiffness. I was the worst in the mornings. Um, I mean, to the point where I would, you know, I'd be, I'd get up, I'm, I'm trying to start my day, but I was just so stiff that I would uh, try to do like some yoga to unstiff myself, but it wasn't helping enough. So I, I was starting to do, you know, strange things to try and relieve the stiffness in my body. Uh, I would, um, I would, I would grab a bucket of hot water And I would put salt in it and dip my feet in it because they were so swollen. So I was hoping that would help them, you know, uh, go back to normal and stuff like that. So I was trying my best to do uh, home remedies, Um, but it was definitely a struggle in in the beginning uh, with the symptoms. Yeah.
0: Do you think that, well, did any of those home remedies work or like were any of them like, (laughs) You know, they all failed. Like, how how did that experience
1: go? Okay, so the home remedies, they helped. They helped. Uh, Those home remedies also involved me changing my diet completely. Um, Because I noticed that I would eat certain foods like um, your regular milk. And I noticed that the next day I had like really bad flaring, Uh, you know when I would kind of just notice that the days I didn't eat milk or drink milk, um, it wasn't as bad, but I changed my diet. Um, So they, they helped, but to a certain extent, it didn't really relieve it. It was still there, but it, it, it helped a little bit.
0: So what other, I guess, like lifestyle changes have you made or incorporated in your daily life to really relieve the pain aside from just like, you know, eliminating milk, what else do you do?
1: So besides changing my diet, um, because I I tried reading books and to try and inform myself, you know, about like what certain foods do to your body and whatnot. So I really informed myself. I did a lot of research on that and I started testing it out. So I definitely changed my diet. I also um, started working out which was lifting heavy weights which was an extreme struggle in the beginning because of how swollen my feet would be and I'm not being being treated in the uh, yeah. deformity of my joints so um I was pushing through it because, you know, it would make me feel good because of how stiff I would be, that when I would work my body out, it would give me a sense of relief.
0: That makes sense. I think sometimes, like, even when I move around, like, yes, I'm so lazy to even get to the point where I want to move. But when I do move, like, I feel like, you know, like my feet feel so much better And I can definitely vouch for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: When you found out about your arthritis, what was kind of your first reaction?
1: Honestly, I was devastated. I was so sad. I, I, you know, I was in a dark place. I couldn't believe that I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis because when I was first told about it, I, I was like, but how could this, you know, possibly happen to me? You know, you're in denial. Yeah, you're kind of in denial at first, you're like, there's no way. And my biggest uh, thing was trying to find um, the solution. And I was like, okay, so how do you cure it? You know, and they were like, well, there's actually no cure, but there's treatments for it. And I was like, wait, what? So you're telling me I'm going to be sick forever? (laughs) You know, so I was I was pretty devastated and telling my family and stuff. um, they, they, They didn't know what it was either. So they were pretty, uh, sad for me too so it was it was a pretty dark time for me
0: and what about like your friends and the people around you how did you tell them about your condition and what was their like reaction
1: well as far as my friends I was honestly very embarrassed to tell them because I just I, I was still very unsure about you know rheumatoid arthritis and what exactly it was so when I would ex- you know when I would te- tell people uh they would kind of uh, look at me like isn't that you know, an old people thing. So I was like, um, yeah, you know, but you know, some people sometimes tend to get it, you know, when they're younger, unfortunately. So uh, it was it was hard at first, just because I was a, a bit embarrassed by it. But you know, my friends were pretty understanding, and they just tried to support me through it. And uh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought, but uh, they were very supportive. That's so good. I
0: think it's so important to have supportive people around you. And I think that makes you like, I mean, get out of that dark place that you would have been because, yeah, they may not understand, but they're still like, you know, there for you. And I was just really curious on, so we t- you talked really briefly on like kind of bone deformity and like erosions. How did you kind of find out that the, it, it happened? Did you get any like x-rays or You know, what was your reaction to knowing that you have erosions?
1: When my finger first started swelling and it was, you know, purple, blue and, you know, these other colors that fingers aren't supposed to be, um, I I honestly, I thought my finger had broken. Uh, So I was like, oh, it's a broken finger. Uh, You know, people don't really do anything for broken fingers. They just put a cast on it and it heals on it. So I was like, I'll put a cast on it myself, right? You know, so uh, my family, they would start seeing my finger too. They would say, Hey, that that finger looks huge. It looks so unregular and un- normal. You should check that out. And I was like, Well, I guess, you know, it does hurt a lot. And, you know, I put a cast on it and it hasn't quite been helping. If anything, the cast actually made it worse because it, w- it was making it more stiff, mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't, I wasn't able to bend it. So it was making it worse. I decided to go to the ER uh, because I had already had my finger like that for a while, and it wasn't healing with the cast. Yeah, the ER told me, well, your finger's not broken. They did x-rays. They were like, uh, we're going to have to send you, you might have to go to a clinic. So, you know, I went to another clinic. Uh, they did more x-rays, and they were like, yeah, your finger doesn't look like it's it's broken. Uh, so that's when they finally sent me to a rheumatologist. They're the ones who were like, yeah, it, it looks like rheumatoid arthritis, but we're going to send you over to a lab to do some blood work to see if that's exactly what it is. So I did my blood work and then yeah, that's when they pretty much told me, yes, it is rheumatoid arthritis, unfortunately, but uh, due to the deformity, you know, we can help it go back down, but there's no way that it could um, ever be back to normal unless I was to get surgeries, you know, if I chose that.
0: And what are your thoughts on surgeries and getting them?
1: Honestly, I'm not against it. I'm not going to lie. I am all for it because, you know, sometimes it is a little embarrassing, you know, when you're doing stuff with your hands and your finger looks a little off. So I have considered to do the surgeries, but probably later in life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And i was saying here, like, I also have erosions. You can't really see it. Damage in my wrist. And, like, obviously you can't see it. It, like, looks normal. But it's, like, yeah. internal. Also in my feet. But, like, no one would know unless you, like, did an x-ray MRI. So I'm kind of, like, safe for that part. I do have erosions on my fingers. And most of them are okay, actually. And I wanted to ask you, like, curious to know... What medications have you been on and what medications are you on now?
1: I started on prednisone, which is a steroid. Started me on that for two weeks uh, before the actual treatment, which definitely helped a lot, especially with the stiffness. After the two weeks, that's when they put me on Enbrel which is honestly the only one I have actually tried. I haven't tried any other medications besides the the Embro medication, which is the shot that you, you know, give yourself every week. And uh, I haven't had any issues with it. It's, it's helped me. Um, it, it definitely gave me a lot of relief. So uh, I, I decided to stick with that one.
0: Wow, that's so good. So you're about six months pregnant now, but you're on Embril. Um Have you talked to a rheumatologist about this? Like, is there anything that could potentially happen because of your you're on this medication?
1: Okay, so as far as that, I was on embryo, uh the first uh, five months of my pregnancy. When I finally saw my my rheumatologist not that long ago, actually, he told me that usually when a woman is pregnant and she has rheumatoid arthritis, her arthritis goes into remission, which means that it basically goes away. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So, when you're pregnant, um, most women who uh, have rheumatoid arthritis and are pregnant, They, um, their rheumatoid arthritis just goes into remission. So, your baby's actually healing you as you're pregnant with rheumatoid arthritis. Are you kidding?
0: Can I- <laughs> no,
1: I thought can I that was crazy too. <laughs> I'm
0: like, can I get pregnant? I'm kidding. I'm like 18. But what? <laughs>
1: I thought the same thing. I was like, are you serious? That's, um, well, when that's beautiful because wow, you know, your baby is healing you while they are inside of you. And I was like, God, you know, so that means that I don't have to be on my medication or what are you saying? And they were like, yeah, you could stop it now. Actually, if anything, I think you've been on your, um, medication for a little bit longer than most women who are pregnant with rheumatoid arthritis have. So I was like, um, okay. Um, but before I actually get off this embryo, I would love to, you know, get some blood work done here with you guys, if that's OK, to make sure that my blood work is showing that everything is, is going OK before I get off of it. So um, it took a bit of nudging just because, you know, with your doctors, no matter what you, you know, they'll tell you one thing, but it's it's different for everyone. And you want to you want to make sure you get what you need. You know what I mean? So uh, I was like, I would love to make sure that my blood work is showing, you know, that it's okay and that I'm okay to get off of this Embro for the rest of the pregnancy. And uh, my results came back that they were okay, and I uh, haven't been on Embro for about a month now. And uh, I honestly haven't been having any flares. I haven't been ex- uh, experiencing severe stiffness. I I haven't really been um in in pain, you know, like I was when I was off of treatment, you know, before I was treated. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like shocked a little
0: because like what? That's very interesting. Oh, it's
1: insane. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm so glad that, you know, your baby's internally like healing you, but also like it's really good that you're not feeling any symptoms or anything because sometimes i've heard like i don't know i think i've heard sometimes that when you have like arthritis and you're pregnant like you get more flares sometimes like i don't know i just feel like it depends like case by case also depending on like, what type of arthritis you have
1: probably the first months of the pregnancy yes they were they were were they were horrible um i was throwing up uh non-stop uh, I, th- I was experiencing what every woman experiences the first few months of pregnancy, but times three because of my rheumatoid arthritis. So, uh, you know, the baby's kind of growing inside of you or they're, they're kind of fixing up their, their, their home, you know, so it's, it's going to be hard on your body at first. So it, it was awful. I was afraid to eat because I would throw everything up. But once I got to the f- fourth month, uh, that's when I started to feel better. And uh, I, I think if any woman was to, you know, who has arthritis, to consider getting pregnant, I still think it's in, important for them to reach out to the doctor first before actually getting pregnant. Um, but depending on the medication you're on. See, my medication, Enveril, they uh, it, they say it's okay for you to actually be on that medication while pregnant. But I know that there's other medications that are for arthritis that are really bad for the baby. Yeah,
0: I've heard of that as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So did you consider any factors before getting pregnant?
1: Yeah, I was pretty scared. But once I saw that most women's arthritis tends to go into remission while they're pregnant, I wasn't as afraid. So, you know, I'm 20, I'm 27 now. So I was like, you know, this is the age I wanted to have my baby. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to let my arthritis hold me back. So, you know, I went ahead and <laughs> I'm pregnant now. But um, I am afraid for um, the afterbirth. You know, uh, they do say that you can get extreme flare-ups. And that it could be pretty hard for the mother to care for her baby the first few months because she could experience, you know, severe flaring. So, I'm afraid for that. But as long as you, you know, you and your your partner kind of um, discuss all of that, and as long as they support you and they, you know, they understand what you have and what could happen, I think uh, I think it's it's not a bad idea at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're right. I feel like communication is really important. I mean, I have still a long way to go. Communication is what helped you and made you even less scared to kind of, Mm -hmm. because you trust someone and you're able to like do what you got to (laughs) do. So how do you plan on managing your arthritis post pregnancy Like, have you done research on
1: this? So um, the thing is, because, you know, we have arthritis, it's, it's kind of, it could go either good or it could go bad, you know, and um, we, I feel like, uh, I've kind of talked to myself and I said, I think I'm better if I'm prepared for both. So I figured that instead of, uh, going back to work, like a a woman normally would after a while, I think I'm just going to not go to work for like a month or two, just to make sure that I'm fully, prepared. Healed and and that my body is back to how it needs to be, and just depending on how it goes, you know, I'm just gonna make sure that I take the time that I need, uh, get the help that I need, um, you know, talk to my rheumatologist, uh, see what the best options are for me to get back to how I was, you know, back on track to just living my regular life. So uh, it's definitely gonna take a lot of communication, that's for sure. I think like
0: in general just like having this disease is like it's so important to constantly communicate and like everything you do is based on communication like going to the doctor you gotta communicate how you feel and everything so
1: No, All right. Absolutely.
0: So let's dive into some of your interests. You're really passionate about mental health and well-being. I really want to know why is this so important to you?
1: So when it comes to your mental states, um, I think it's really important because I feel like it's what kind of holds us together and keeps us sane. You know, us having so much going on and just uh, sometimes it just feels like the world is moving and we're just kind of still and it, it gets frustrating and you don't want to lose your yourself. You know, you want to make sure that you're good within, that you feel peace with yourself, that you, you know, um, embrace your, your life, your situation. And I think it's just so important because it just, it's what keeps us sane. And as far as, you know, our well being, I think it's important for us to, you know, take care of our bodies too. You know, just because we're on a certain medication, it doesn't mean that we should just stop and ruin our diets because I think we have these diseases because it's our body telling us, hey, you know, maybe we should eat certain, you know, things, maybe cut this out, because it's harmful to your body. You know what I mean? And um, it's important to have a, you know, to be in a good emotional state when you're going through all that. So it's something I'm really passionate about. Definitely.
0: So how do you specifically practice self-care?
1: So I read a lot of books because I figured it was the best way to learn about what it is that I have. So I read a lot of nutrition books. I read a lot of books in regards to, you know, mindfulness, you know, how to stay in control of your emotions, to not overwhelm yourself, um, you know, there's also even certain smoothies that help your immune system, boost your immune system, you know, it's just things that could help you in the long run, you know, so I just did a bunch of research on a lot of stuff. And uh, that's, that's how I realized I became really passionate about it. And I just decided to keep going forward with it. And I decided to bring it on social media and see maybe if, that what's helped me if maybe that could help others too.
0: It's good that you kind of bring that up because I think mindfulness is so important and it's so hard sometimes to, you know, be positive all the time with all the things that are happening in your life. And so it's really important to practice that. And I would love to you to share if you can you share a time in which you were at your lowest and how you changed your mindset because of this experience
1: so I would probably have to say it was one night uh this was before I was being unt- uh was wasn't I wasn't treated yet um I was asleep and uh I my husband kind of nudged my my foot for some reason. I mean, I guess I was having a severe flare that um, it was just so painful. It it literally brought me to tears, and I was on the floor oh crying God. like a baby because it it really hurt so bad. It was uh, it was unexplainable pain, honestly. I I was just kind of sitting there like uh, feeling depressed and like. Um, Feeling like my world was over and I was just feeling so overwhelmed. I was feeling so many emotions at the time that I started to feel really helpless, you know, because I was struggling to do things by myself, like just even brushing my teeth or zipping my zipper on my jeans or putting my shirt over my head because it would nudge my finger. And um, it's just I couldn't wear heels anymore either and i used to love wearing heels but uh, i noticed that when i would take off my heels uh, my my toes my my foot was so stiff and i was like oh god what happened to my foot did somebody step on me no it was the arthritis so i i guess i kind of in my mind i i kind of felt like a freak to everyone else cuz i wasn't like everyone else i felt like i was very uh, sensitive and uh, very weak so i was like um crying that night when my husband nudged my foot and I was like, I, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to feel helpless. I don't want to feel like I have to rely on somebody to do things for me. I don't want to have to feel like, um, you know, I'm n- not worthy. So that that's what encouraged me to just read books, to inform myself uh, in about things that could potentially help me or make me feel happy again. And, uh, you know, worthy.
0: With life experiences and things you go through which is like in a perfect example you brought up I mean it's not the best thing to go through that but you know you learn and especially for me like I know you mentioned heels and that's really interesting because <laughs> this summer I like I never wear heels and this summer you know there'd be like this photo shoot that I was invited to I decide to wear heels my feet get blisters in like three seconds and like it hurts so bad it feels so swollen and like my friend was there and he was really nice like it was literally bleeding and disgusting he like put band on it but i didn't expect that to happen and i feel like it happened so quickly our feet are so sensitive you would just think oh yeah i wear heels everyone else wears heels like what's the problem you know and you get like really swollen feet
1: plus blisters so many It's disgusting. It is. And even now after uh, being treated, I haven't been able to get back on heels. I think the other day I bought myself some Steve Madden shoes just because I was like, I want to get back to, you know, how I used to dress, you know, and I love the heels. And uh, it was the same pair that I had before I had arthritis and uh, I couldn't wear them anymore. I was like, were they really this high? Oh my god, they're so uncomfortable that I just I couldn't be in the shoes anymore. I was like, this is yeah. just not gonna work. And I don't wear heels anymore, unfortunately, because her feet are so sensitive to the the way that they're um you know standing is just it doesn't yeah. work for 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 arthritis on our feet. So
0: I want you to make like trendy heels that people with arthritis are able to wear that are like, comfortable but like they look nice I've seen a lot of shoes that like don't look the best
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish but uh, I think that's why I got really comfortable with wearing tennis shoes so my go-to shoe would now be uh, a tennis shoe you know they're comfy or uh, the foamy the foamy shoes or sandals so it's, it's kind of my go-to now
0: <laughs> that's good I think you just like adapt over the years especially for me like I had so many instances about shoes like I had people make fun of my shoes because I've been Found them very comfortable, but they were not like the most beautiful looking shoes. But luckily now I can wear like shoes that are comfortable, but also, you know, there are people my age who wear the same type of shoes as me. <laughs> so like they were like Air Forces, like I could wear those shoes, the Nike shoes, and I feel so much better. But before when I couldn't do that, it's really hard and scary to kind of like, you know, go out to school and be wearing shoes that people make make comments about. How have you grown as a person since being diagnosed
1: so i honestly i feel like um i was actually thinking about that the other day when i turned 27 um and i i was thinking about my journey and all and uh i've grown a lot i i honestly i i kind of had to sit there and just kind of uh Realize that this is who I am now because I don't recognize myself with having rheumatoid arthritis. I, and well, at least in the ways that I feel like I've grown would be in, uh, you know, self-love. I feel like I've um, definitely been able to love myself a lot more than I, I used to, uh, you know, take, and that just includes, you know, being able to uh, take care of my body, my health, my mental state. So, I feel like I. It kind of almost feels like I just grew up in a way. You know, I had to take care of myself at this point. You know, nobody's going to do it for you. You kind of, um, you're you're a bit different than everyone else. I would tell myself. So you got to give yourself more attention than you know regular people would kind of give themselves. So I, I used to smoke cigarettes too, actually, uh, before I, I had arthritis. Um, and I would, I would drink, you know, I, I like the whole party life and whatnot. And, uh, you know, once I realized I had arthritis, I was like, uh, you know, does this, is this bad for people with arthritis? And they're like, well, yeah, it, it doesn't help it. So I just kind of decided to make a lot of changes. And I feel like that's just, you know, a, I had to give myself a lot of self-love and it, it just kind of made me mature quicker and learn how to put myself first.
0: Thank you for sharing that. It's hard to give things up is what I'd say. Like it's hard because you're so used to your routine and now you have this like shocking diagnosis that causes like external stress and internal stress and it's hard to get things up. And I'm glad that you're so resilient and strong and to be able to do something like that is really, really inspiring and motivational to many people. So I just want to wrap things up with one last question.
1: What personal goals do you have for the future? My main goal is to be able to inspire as many people as I can. So I want to be able to grow uh, my social media. I want to be able to connect with more people like us. You know, I want to be able to uh, let them know that they're not alone because I felt alone before I began that. Which is why I began my page because I I wanted others to feel like they're not on this journey alone. So I I want to be able to help others, uh, which I'm still learning how to do. You know, I wasn't I wasn't very tech. Uh, before so and still I'm not but you know what I'm learning along the way so I just want to be able to inspire a lot more people they don't have to fight this by themselves
0: especially social media and there's so much to it I especially like you know the chronic illness community people with reminded leaders like I found you on social media and just to connect with other people that have the same kind of disease as you is really empowering. And also you're able to make so many things you can collaborate together and then share your messages and connect with each other. And it just shows how strong people are when they live with chronic illnesses. So yeah, thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for coming on to take a paycheck today. I really had a great conversation with you and we kind of delved into different topics and topics that I don't really talk about, but you know, mental health, pregnancy, personal growth is so important. And I'm so glad that we were able to touch upon those. So everyone like, comment, subscribe, Check out Carrie's new Instagram page that's currently growing. That's where I saw Carrie and I was like, I need to get her on this podcast. So definitely check out Carrie's Instagram.
1: Bye, guys.